G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. On a Tuesday, we like to check in with Alex Cook, our Ask Alex segment. Alex, the finance expert, the finder of Wealth with Purpose, and he's joining us. Alex, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Always good to be with you. Alex, let's get our thoughts around cryptocurrencies. Uh, We've had lots of conversations about cryptocurrencies and oftentimes there's been a lot of listener calls and uh, people asking questions about it. Seems to be a new uh, area that people see as an investment opportunity. Mm. I just want to say to listeners, our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. But a lot of Christians have felt the effects of the falls in crypto over the past couple of months, proving a bit of a risky strategy. Give us a little background here, Alex. Yeah, well, look, the background with crypto is it's been around for probably the close to a decade now. And the big one that most people are aware of is Bitcoin. That's the the most uh, famous of them all. It's it's the the flagship, if you like, of cryptocurrencies. Uh, And it's down about 70% uh, from its record highs. I think it's sitting at the moment around 20,000 US dollars per per coin. Um, but there's been a massive spike in interest, particularly in the last two years. And so I guess my concern is a lot of people have got in <laughs> into the what I would probably call a Ponzi scheme a little bit too late and uh, are going to have trouble getting their money out. And, uh, you know, many people would be licking their wounds with some of the losses that we're seeing. Uh, it's an interesting space, though, because it's based on a technology called blockchain. Unfortunately, I don't have enough uni degrees to probably explain blockchain technology on air, but there are probably somewhere in the vicinity of close to 19, I think 19 or 20,000 crypto coins uh, out there at one point. Uh, and it got to nearly $2 trillion in value. So this is not something that's a small market anymore. It's now a, a huge market. Uh, but of course, it's lost a huge amount of value over the last uh, over the last two months, and so I think it's worth sort of unpacking. You know, what is it? Why is that happening? And is this really something that people should be dabbling in at all? Um, because it is certainly a a risky space, and certainly a very volatile space, as people are now uh, discovering. Well, if there are ten or twenty thousand crypto coins, uh, that might mean uh, that it is a little risky around some of those because uh, digital money backed by not a lot of substance. That's the big concern, isn't it? Yeah. Well, most there's no real intrinsic value behind them. So the at the end of the day. Most crypto is only worth what someone is willing to exchange uh, with you. So it's it's really purely based on uh, market forces, but there's nothing that underlies it. So, for example, when you think about uh, buying a share like BHP, 
um, you know, people think, oh, you know, it, it's just a share that goes up and down. Well, actually, it's backed by enormous mines and real tangible assets that sit behind it. So you're not just buying, uh, you know, a bit of paper that you've bought through Comsec. You're actually buying an asset that's actually backed by real assets. Likewise, um, you know, with property and so forth, you know, there's, a, there's something that sits behind it. Um, and, and likewise, though, the, the problem with these digital currencies is there is nothing. It's, it's, there is no intrinsic value to them. Now, there are a couple out there what we call stable coins. And stable coins are really the idea, as because cryptocurrency is very volatile, as most people who have dabbled in it would be well aware. Um, but crypto stable coins are being sold as kind of a store of value, but being pegged to a real currency. So probably the best known one is one called Tether, and it's pegged to the US dollar. And so the idea is that it will trade in line with the fluctuations in the US dollar. So it should be, as the name suggests, fairly stable. Um, the, the question is, is the currency really sitting there behind? So some of these stable coins, uh, and one of them just collapsed recently, a spectacular collapse where literally billions of dollars were lost, one called Terra Luna. It marketed itself as a stable coin, so i.e. nice and stable, you put your money in, it would you know, stay there. Um, but of course it lost 99.9% uh, of its value in a breathtaking uh, amount of time. So. It's this space, you know, there's a, there's a famous, uh, you know, the famous investor, Warren Buffett, famous share investor, he said, never invest in anything you don't understand. Uh, and certainly one of the concerns I have when I talk to people who are involved in the crypto space, you know, the average punter, if you like, um, and you start asking a few questions about it, it's very clear that they don't fully understand what it is they're investing in. And so if you, if you bring in a Christian aspect to that, you know, as a Christian, we should be saying, well, if we're going to be stewards of God's capital, God's money, we need to understand what it is we're actually buying. We need to know the purpose for it. You know, why are we, um, why are we actually entering into this transaction? And so, there's a, you know, there's very much a biblical aspect to this as well. Um, but as I say, buyer beware because you've really got to understand what you what you're buying. And as I mentioned, there are more than. There's well over 10,000 crypto coins, most of which I assume will disappear. 99% of them, I would suspect, will disappear over the next uh, five years. And it's not dissimilar to what we call the tech wreck. Back early on in my career, I was a stockbroker and I worked uh, for one of the big American stockbroking firms during the technology boom, you know, when the internet first came out and there was all these new uh, internet companies uh, listing on the NASDAQ stock exchange. Um, in 2001, the NASDAQ stock exchange lost 80% of its value. Um, and I'll never forget sitting in one of our brokers have these things called morning meetings where you talk stocks. And I'll never forget the head of strategy saying one morning that he said that 75% of these companies that you see here uh, won't be here in five years time because they make no money and there's no real product that sits behind it. And I think crypto is the exact same. It's just one of these uh, things that comes along. Maybe some survive like Bitcoin. You know, the, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens over the next two years. But the vast majority, without a shadow of a doubt, will disappear. And I suspect that'll be 99% of them. But there is interest from governments around the world as central banks that are creating their own digital currencies. So they obviously see a future there. Mm. And so governments getting involved, that obviously might lead to regulation, but it also might lead to a level of uh, confidence in crypto as well. Any thoughts here around central banks getting involved? 
Yes. Uh, well, so there's a few things here. The two things you sort of touched on there, central banks, but also regulation. The regulation is well and truly underway. Some, you know, there's been a lot of talk about in the, the US and indeed um, our former treasurer just before the election was also talking about the regulation that's coming down the pipeline for crypto. That, as you say, will be great for confidence. And then there'll be, you know, you'll be able to invest in them knowing that they're been properly monitored in the way that when you put your money in an Australian bank, you're confident that it's been properly regulated, it's been monitored by APRA. So you can see something like that coming uh, going forward. Uh, and there'll probably be capital requirements for crypto organisations. So you can see how it's all going to play out. Um, and also, obviously, um, government bodies are particularly concerned by tax revenue. They want to obviously make sure that people are, if they make large gains on crypto, they want to make sure those people are declaring those uh, in their tax return. So there's that kind of thing. But the central bank one is very, very interesting uh, because crypto is built on this uh, technology called blockchain. Uh, as I say, I don't have enough degrees to explain it uh, well on air, but it's basically uh, this digital system and central banks are now around the world developing their own, including the Reserve Bank of Australia is also developing its own. Um, and so you can see this launching probably in the next uh, two to three years. Um, I believe uh, China already has an active one. And I think there's one or two other countries that already have active central bank digital currencies. Now, what it may mean is uh, all sorts of potential changes within the banking system. Uh, so it'll be quite exciting. But there's also, if you like, a a dark side to it, and this is where, uh, you know, where people start talking about end times and things like that, is digital currencies can be programmed. So if the Central Bank of Australia created a digital currency, they could literally program it so you can only use it for specific purposes. So you can only use it for food, you can only use it for petrol, you can only use it for certain things. They could also then stop you from using it if they wanted to. So if for some reason you were not obeying the laws of the land, they could cut you off. So you can see the sort of potential end times <laughs> thinking that can come down the pipeline here, you know, particularly when we're in Revelation where we see you can't trade at the end times without the mark of the beast. So you can see that sort of thing uh, is now possible due to the technology that exists already. So it's, um, it's fascinating. But I think ultimately you're going to see the central bank digital currencies will come in over the coming years and they will essentially replace the vast majority of the crypto space. Um, as I say, the vast majority of the existing crypto coins just simply won't, they won't survive uh, what's going on. Alex, in conversations we've had where we've talked about biblical wisdom, uh, obviously that word stewardship comes into play when we're talking about uh, things like this. Uh, but you take an ultra-cautious approach to cryptocurrency, but there are some uh, some pros and cons, uh, some positives and some negatives here. Uh, in a nutshell, give us a, a thought or two on what the advantages are, but then uh, balance that with the disadvantages where you might get some real wisdom. Mm. Yeah, look, I mean, people uh, invest in it. I think there's, when you see young people particularly, one of their frustrations, when you look at Australia over the last 10 years, house prices have gone through the moon and many millennials just think it's all too hard. How, how do I ever get into the housing market? Prices are so high. If I took on a loan, um, you know, I'd become uh, essentially a slave to the bank. So there's that feeling, I think, out there amongst a lot of young people who are keen to sort of, you know, get on with their life, get ahead, start families, etc. And there's a sort of a frustration, I think, when they see the housing market. So that attracts a lot of people to crypto. 
And what you'll find is most people know someone who's made it big in crypto. I have two friends who have made enough money in crypto that they never have to work another day in their life. And when people hear that, they immediately think, well, that could be me too. And, and so there's this natural um, inclination, I think, from humanity, our natural greed, if you want, to, to, to want to get involved in something like that. But where the problem becomes is the fact that most people then are buying it for one reason, and they're buying it because they think it will go up. That's not a reason to buy something just because you think it'll go up. And this is where, once again, the faith and the wisdom side of it come in, and that is that you can't, as Christians, we shouldn't be speculating on things. We shouldn't become gamblers. You know, we're called to be good stewards of, um, of the money uh, that God has given us and, and to be wise with it. Now, in saying that, there are some potential practical benefits with crypto that are starting to happen around the world. So starting to get accepted in some places so um, you know you can use bitcoin to purchase certain things one of the things um, that is available through one or two crypto exchanges uh, in australia is you can actually get a crypto visa card so it's literally a a visa debit card you actually load crypto onto it so rather than loading cash on it like as though you're going on a overseas trip you actually load your crypto on it and every time you go into coles and woolies in your or a coffee shop and you're spending your money on that visa card you're actually spending crypto and it just gets deducted off your visa card so this is this is stuff that you're already able to do um I've had a bit of a look at it, and I, I think the fees don't justify it. So I've looked at, you know, you've got to, you've got to buy crypto, you've then got to put it on the card, then there's transaction fees. To me, the numbers just don't stack up um, because the transaction costs are too high. But you are certainly able to transact with crypto these days through various, uh, through various means. So it's a very interesting space, and I think the technology itself will evolve, and there's no question that the central banks will uh, will ultimately uh, dominate in this space going forward in the years ahead. So where you've got those biblical considerations, uh, speculation that becomes a little bit like gambling and uh, you recognise that you're a steward of what God has given to you, there is going to be an extra level of, uh, of, of caution involved. And yet uh, some will say, well, this is the new economy, the new way that currency works, and so we shouldn't be left behind. We should be ahead on the curve. So uh, how do you advise people who are already in uh, a cryptocurrency, what they'll call an investment, uh, to navigate a way forward? Because uh, I don't think you're saying don't get involved. I think you're saying be very cautious. But how should you be cautious in moving forward, Alex? Yeah, look, it's a very tough one for those that are already in there because, as you say, some will have taken losses. Um, my my view to to anyone who's already in there is you really need to understand uh, the future of the particular cryptocurrency you're in and whether it does have a future um, because you might be better off just taking your money and, and running before the whole thing uh, topples over because as i said a lot of those cryptocurrencies will in fact do that um, you know a lot of them are being built on built on nothing there's no real intrinsic value behind them um, for those of you who are not in the crypto space i would say for the vast majority of people don't touch it unless you really understand it i think that's a very simple principle to live by when it comes to any investment whether it's real estate stocks crypto whatever if you don't understand it don't buy it that's um, a good principle because at the end of the day if you're going to be stewarding god's capital 
you need to be able to make sure that you're taking wise steps with it. Um, for those of you who, who are going to, you know, dabble in there, as, as I said earlier, if they, if they heard it, was that um, only put a tiny, tiny percentage of your capital in there, money that you're happy to part with because uh, it is a very volatile space. It's a new, new and exciting one, but certainly uh, one that is prone to significant risks. Uh, Alex, biblical wisdom on get rich quick. Uh, there's a certain thought as you're talking stewardship. I'm, I don't have a scripture reference there, but the thought of uh, you know working hard and diligently applying yourself uh, to where you're set. Uh, there's a certain sense in which gaining that wealth in integrity is the way a biblical uh, position on these sorts of things works. How do you describe that uh, that thought about? A Christian and where we are in relation to get rich quick. Mm, oh, look, it's a great. It's it's <clears throat> the Bible specifically speaks about it. In fact, there's a fabulous proverb that actually uses that. Uh, you know exactly the idea of here. Um, I'm trying to. I'll paraphrase it, which is basically along the lines of, um, you know, those who tried to gain wealth fast will not go unpunished. That's the particular verse. I'm paraphrasing it poorly. Um, but the point being is that <clears throat> as, as Christians, and, and you touched on, on it rightly, is that we're meant to be diligent, we're meant to be hardworking, uh, and we, we are meant to invest in things. The Bible actually makes that clear, whether you look through the parable of the talents or you know, lots of other scriptures, you, you should invest uh, money, you should invest uh, you know, as you create things, you know, where God has created us to be creative beings and to invest and create wealth. Um, but it needs to be done in a way that's sensible, uh, represents hard work and based on substance, not based on things uh, that will come and go uh, very, very quickly. So, uh, yeah, never act hastily and make sure you understand uh, what it is. Because anything that's done hastily, it's usually built on promises of fabulous returns. Uh, and those things often uh, are only true for a very short time and then they fall over. Um, you know, the classic, we all heard the adage, you know, if it sounds too good, too good to be true, it, it usually is. Well, uh, I can guarantee if it sounds too good to be true, it, it absolutely is. So, well, um, I have a suspicion it's not the wise. end of our story talking about cryptocurrency in the times to come because uh, there may be more movements in that market and there may be government regulation and all sorts of things that could affect the space. And uh, as you say, Alex, there are a lot of Christians who are into a uh, the space of cryptocurrency and uh, speculating. And so the sort of wisdom that comes through a conversation with you, Alex, even though it sounds cautious, and it is cautious, uh, it is a wisdom is. <laughs> that is based in a biblical foundation. So uh, let's not lose sight of the wisdom that we get from God in his revelation in the Bible. Uh, Alex Cook, for those who want to connect with you, Alex is the founder of Wealth With Purpose, the Wealth With Purpose website, wealthwithpurpose.com. You can get great resources on the website, free, and you can also connect with Alex, follow him on Facebook and on Twitter. There's even an Ask Alex at wealthwithpurpose.com email uh, for questions in this segment. Alex, thanks so much for great wisdom and a great update today on 2020. My pleasure. Thanks, Neil. Always good to be with you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.